Welcome to 27 Speaks, a weekly podcast with the staff of the Express News Group who share their insights into the latest stories making news on the East End of Long Island. 27 Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. And we are recording. Yes, we are. It's getting busy out there. It feels like like Fourth of July is already here to me. But pretty close. Pretty close. We're getting there. So we're back once again. And um, speaking of summer, we're going to talk about um, a little a little bird that seems to cause a lot of big problems for people, and that's the piping plover, or is it plover? I've heard people say plover. Plover, I thought. I always say plover, but I'm I'm not from these parts, so. Plover. Plover. What do you say, Mike? Um, plover. All right, so there's no plovers here. (laughs) It's an an O with a consonant and a vowel after that. That's That's right, I agree with you. A long vowel, if you ask me. And there's a lot of long problems being caused by these cute little birds. Um, I'm going to let our our star uh, senior reporter, Mike Wright, launch into this shortly. But let's do our other introductions first, and then we'll start talking birds. Um, Bill Sutton here once again. Hi, Annette. I'm Bill Sutton. I'm the managing editor of the Express News Group. And I said this earlier, but I like your blur. You've got this bizarre kind of blur effect going on on your. Yeah, it cuts into my head a little bit, though. It looks, it makes me look a little thinner. <laughs> look. <laughs> and uh, Brendan J. O'Reilly's here again. Hiya, Brendan. How are you? Hi, Annette. Hi, everybody. I'm Brendan. I'm the features editor. And my name's Annette Hinkle, and I'm the arts and living editor of the Express News Group. And also joining us is senior reporter Mike Wright. And Mike tends to write about a lot of things that have to do with the beach and fishing and driving, um, all of which is sort of an issue in this story. So basically we're talking about a stretch of beach in Southampton Village where the piping clover, which is, is it still an endangered species or is it threatened at this point? That's a complicated answer. Okay, well, we'll get into that one. (laughs) Any case, any case, these birds have a tendency to nest um, every year and and they, they make their nests in the sand and um, they're very easy to run over, which is why they were in such dire straits. Um, Dogs can get at them, trucks can run over them. And um, some of these little birds have set up shop at um, Picnic Beach in Southampton Village, which is a popular beach for driving access with four by fours. So the village has, and the state, I guess, right, has shut down access. County, yeah. So they've shut it down. So. you cannot drive on that beach right now. And, and it gets into that whole thing about, you know, who has rights to the beach. And it just feels to a lot of people who like to take their trucks out there and who don't live on the ocean. Um, it just feels like these birds, <laughs> birds are sort of really getting them right where, you know, the one thing that, that they like to do is take their trucks on the beach. And now you have birds that are sort of interfering with that. So Mike, you can explain this way better than I can. Um, so if you want to jump in. Right. Well, like you said, and this is, you know, this is different than the issue in East Hampton, um, where the actual rights to the beach are in question. Uh, And that has been an issue in in Southampton at this beach, in fact, uh, but isn't right now. There's not any pending legal uh, fight over access to that beach. Uh, Picnic area, as they call it in uh, Southampton, is the only place in all of Southampton town that you can drive on the beach during the day in the summertime. Um, you know, plovers have been a problem out here forever. Yeah, I mean, gosh, it was, you know, the 
early mid nineties when Jerry Delafamina went to war with the village and uh, over the fireworks being canceled. And, you know, the plovers are not very popular um, with the, the crowd that uh, is not sort of, you know, enamored with uh, the protection of, of these funny little birds that nobody can tell apart from the dozens of other species of shorebirds that look just like them, uh, of which there are plenty. So I just want to interject here. You're talking about the crowd that has plover tastes like chicken bumper stickers? That's that's one of the crowds, certainly. Um, it, uh, it, it It's a shore living bird. It is actually not either threatened or endangered uh, in the grand scheme as a species. Uh, it's, it's considered near threatened, uh, which is a, a fairly low level um, uh, level of concern uh, as far as the U.S. Fish and Wildlife is considered. But, but you know, in, in one of the little foibles of the way those, those uh, Endangered Species Act rules work, uh, is that it can be considered to be endangered uh, in certain places and the piping plover is considered endangered in a handful of states, um, the entire tri-state area being uh, one of those sections. So they're protected in, in New York, uh, they're endangered in New York and uh, New Jersey and Connecticut and a handful of places. So they, it forces the closure of the beaches and their numbers have increased since they started, uh, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife started protecting the birds in the 90s. Um, you know, even in just the last uh, 10 or 12 years, the number of nesting pairs in Southampton Town and East Hampton Town has, has about doubled, but it's still very low. And there's still some years where they produce very few um, new chicks. And um, you know, for the for the number of chicks that they produce, even in the good years, the the total number of birds um, is not skyrocketing. You know, if they're if they're laying seventy plus babies uh, in a year, uh, like last year, they're coming back, and it's still only you know fifty something nesting pairs the next year. So. You know, the, the, the improvements have been small and uh, it means that there's probably not any end in sight to the protections. And it just so happens that in the last three years, you've had some birds nest in this area, the picnic area, which has forced the closure of the beach to vehicles. And they, and they come back year after year to the same spot, right? Right. Yes. So now that they're nesting there, it's just going to be an issue for a while. They they tend to they 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 will move um, eventually. And I, I mean, I know there's you know there's another popular beach uh, where the Meacox Cut is that had them at it for a few years and was blocked off to cars. And you know the birds just moved up the beach a little ways, uh, and now it's been open again because you know they come back to the same area, but then they hop around looking for nests, and you know nobody seems to know exactly what little you know, details they're looking for in the beach and in the dunes, you know, they're, they're finicky. And so they'll settle. It's the Hamptons. They're, it's all about location, location, location. Exactly. And Sag Harbor's cool one year and uh, Amagansett's cool another year. So, yeah, I mean, and literally the way that this goes is that, you know, them moving a few hundred yards completely changes the whole situation. And this year it was particularly a problem at the picnic area because one of the birds nested like right in the middle of the road that's the access road. So in some years they've 
blocked off big areas, but the vehicles could drive on and then they could go to this, you know, they could go around it and go to a, go to certain areas. But this year, the thing, the birds nested right in the middle of the access. So there's not really any way for them to move. Other than blocking the drive, the driving, what, what are the other protections? Is there still a really huge fine for used to be what, like a $10,000 fine or more than that for if you disturbed an ass? Yeah. Yeah. I, I doubt that has ever been enforced on anybody um, just because, I mean, you know, the, the nests are hard to find. You would have to be sort of pretty savvy about overs to decide to go find a nest and say, oh, here it is and disturb yeah. or something like that. You know, mostly it's accidental and, you know, it's not like it's a, somebody's a repeat offender. If somebody's got their dog and the dog's running around in there, if there happens to be a plover steward there, they go over to the yellow person. The person goes, oh, geez, I didn't run, you know, and they, they move on. A lot of these things, the birds have become sort of, they're just like background noise for so many people now. It's just kind of always there. And it's only, they only really notice it when it becomes a huge inconvenience for them, which for most people, it's not. The picnic area and a couple of other spots, it's a problem. So the campground again this year too was was evac evacuated. This year, that's the first time. Yeah, that's the first time that the campground has been completely, like literally evacuated. They kicked people out. That's Shinnecock East Suffolk County Park. Um, it's, a, it's a very popular place uh, where people can pull big long campers and stay for a week, two weeks at a time. Um, some people have the system down and they stay basically the whole summer. Um, super, super popular, big revenue generator for the county. And, it, you know, it's, it's basically shut down. They opened half of it this week um, on the bay side, but uh, because the birds have, the birds moved into the picnic area. Um, so they, they, they're, they're trying to lift these uh, the restrictions, but it, it's hard. They're like town staff, the plover monitors, uh, plover stewards, as they call them, are down there every morning, literally finding the birds and watching them for a while to see where they're hanging out that day because they can then use that as a, you know, that's the start of the measuring stick. And then they have to go X hundreds of yards away from that before you can allow any activity. So there were lots of people who had reservations there that were just like, get out, can't stay here, right? Yeah, the county just does that, you know, they, I mean, there's nothing they can do about it. I, I thought the, the guy that you quoted in, in your article, the Mastic resident, I thought it was just a great quote that he was just really indignant that, that he had to leave for, yeah. for birds. Yeah, yeah. I could almost hear him talking and, and reading the quote. You know, and so many people are that way. People are, you know, they're kind of sick of it because it's, you know, these birds, again, if, they, if you look into it, you find out they're not really endangered. You know, the, the species isn't going anywhere. We're just not going to have them in New York, you know. There's a lot of things we don't have in New York anymore instead of the 20 million people that we have. And, you know, in the Northeast, we, there's 30, 40, 50 million people. Yeah, you know, birds that nest in tire tracks. Well, they are listed as near threatened. Yes, near threatened. <laughs> I feel like I'm near threatened some days. Yeah, exactly. That's like arresting somebody for walking up and shaking a fist in your, in your face, you know? So you're near threatened, not really threatened. That's a little threatening. Yes. Do they block off the, the beaches in a different way in East in Southampton Village? Like I know that you know, I was talking um, with my husband earlier about how 
in East Hampton, you know, they'll still leave some driving room and they'll fence it so you could get around it like on the ocean side. They, they don't. The, the rules are the same. You just kind of don't. Amagansett, the places that they've nested on the ocean beach in, in East Hampton, mostly in Amagansett, is uh, it's just different. Um, they, they nest in kind of kind of remote places and you just don't encounter it. They do close. They do put the fences all the way to the waterline. Um, you know, the, the, the difference is, is that we're sort of most aware of it early in the year when they put the little strings up and that's when the birds are first nesting and you know they identify where the nest is they'll they'll put sometimes a little protective thing over the nest so the predators don't get at it and eat the eggs and then they put the strings up and the strings just go halfway down the beach and it just keeps you know it's a warning stay away from here but once the birds hatch once the 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 eggs hatch they become a problem because they start moving around and the babies can't fly and they hop and but they they roam all over the beach and they don't necessarily come back to the nest they'll sort of wander around and so that's when they put the most restrictive uh, vehicles it's um it's a thousand meters on a vehicle so three thousand feet over half a mile no vehicles and it's all the way to the water line and I mean, that can sometimes only be for a couple of weeks. And if the birds fledge and fly away, they then take them away. And so, you know, you may not run, run into them as much. But yeah, East Hampton, most of East Hampton's birds nest on the bayside because there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of undisturbed bayfront um, dune lands in, uh, in eastern East Hampton. And so that's, they get a lot, they don't have a ton of ocean, ocean nests over there. Napeague and uh, the State Park gets a lot and, you know, those, those kinds. So is there sort of like a conspiracy theorist element to this? Of course there is. This is America. There's a conspiracy theory about everything. I guess they're thinking, oh, how <laughs> coincidental. These birds are nesting exactly where the only driving beach is. This must be like the village yeah. must have done this on purpose. And they're just saying that. Yeah. But I imagine yeah. there's a lot of people that just say that there's no birds there. And they're just saying that to keep the trucks off the beach. That, that is definitely the case. And uh, then there's some people that think that they moved the birds there, that they put them there. Um, I mean, there's there's also definitely, you know, and it, it's funny because you do hear those kind of conspiracies, but you, you hear those people like sort of talk themselves out of it as they say it out loud. But they do come to this conclusion that, you know, why do these birds never seem to nest at the big public beaches? And, you know, it's because they rake those beaches every day. And those they're just, you know, bird place, beaches that are very heavily trafficked, which you know, as much as truck beach and picnic area are heavily trafficked, literally, it's only on a day or two a week. And, you know, sometimes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, when the birds are moving in, you know, there's nobody there. And so it's a very remote beach because it's not a beach where people park and walk to the beach. And, you know, Cooper's Beach, there's people on that beach all day long, all year long. And so it's just not the kind of place that a, that a bird is going to walk to in the same the same with uh, pretty much any major bathing beach. And I think the only place I've heard about it being an issue was at Atlantic Beach in Amagansett, um, where they've had to, you know, they, they get some a little bit to the east and so they have to like shorten the bathing area. So from like March to May, people need to go to the beach every single day and make noise. Bring your ring. And then, and All then the they'll have the summer. Bring, bring your pot, your pots and your wooden spoons. <laughs> 
Yeah, except that would get you arrested, and that ten thousand dollar fine then might become a well. Real no, thing you do it before the plovers settle, so then they go someplace else. Right. Yeah, I think that would be harassing them, though. <laughs> that would be near threatening. Endangered species, right? That's near threatening a, a near threatened species. Um, so, yeah, and 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 listen, you know, the the thing is, is that you know they've had success in in what they're doing. And so the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has mostly stayed out of our business. But everybody points out that, you know, if they don't see success, Fish and Wildlife Service will just come in and take over. And then there won't be any sort of day-to-day -day monitoring of, you know, with uh, like James Durier, the really smart kid that's been running it in Southampton for several years. Um, you know, they're down there every single morning and they're super sensitive to the picnic area because, you know, they work for elected officials and you know, they don't like hearing about it either. They're local people. And so they know that they know that the pressure's on and they're trying to find ways to uh, accommodate the people that want to use the beach as best they can. And so they're making a lot of effort to keep a very close eye on the birds. Uh, and if, you know, they can open the beach, they'll open the beach and they'll do it as soon as they possibly can. Whereas Fish and Wildlife Service would just come in in March and they block off, you know, any place that they even thought there might be one. And you wouldn't see it again until the middle of August when they would know the birds are gone. Local support comes from the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. In these trying times, working full-time for their clients and the public interest, providing strong advocacy and attentive counsel, be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. Back to Annette's point about the conspiracy theories. I mean, it's just got to be so frustrating, though, for for these drivers and these campers. I mean, you know, the, I go back to the guy that you talked to in, in your article, and you know, who, if he, you know, if he gets a couple weeks of vacation a year. And he's ready to spend yeah. one of those weeks on the ocean beach in Southampton. You know, I mean, what, what a great yeah. vacation. And then to, you know, to get, uh, to get kicked off with no notice and it's like, go home. That's so, going to be so frustrating. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it is. It's, 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 I mean, the County park one in particular, because that is a reservations thing. You know, it's not just people driving down to the beach for the day and they can just go to flying point instead you know, this is, there's only a few places you can go. They're all completely booked. You get your reservation when you get your reservation. And, you know, that's when you, that's when you go. He's lost a week's, lost a week's vacation. He's got to go sit in his backyard with a kiddie pool. He's, yeah, he's just SOL. For, he got one night at the beach. <laughs> Have you seen the bumper stickers? The plumbers taste like chicken ones? Yes. Yeah, those have been around since the 90s. So, so if you were going to make a pie, and I'm not saying I would, but if you were going to make a pie, how many plovers do you think it would take? No, never mind. Don't answer that question. It would take a lot, and they would not taste like chicken. <laughs> These are things that eat like sand shrimp. They're snails. They would not be. Uh, they would not be delicious. <laughs> well, what about the uh, East Hampton fireworks, which is another point of contention over the plovers? Have they just permanently moved them from July Fourth to Labor Day? They did. They did. They just. They, they. It's been several years now since they since they did that. They just gave up on it because because they got to have them some years and not other years. And, you know, there, there, there was a lot of talk, uh, you know, anytime you get oceanfront homeowners involved, you got a lot of brains thinking about, well, why don't we just go find the nests and move them, you know, uh, and that kind of thing. 
So and that, that causes real problems. So yes, East Hampton Fire Department just said, you know what, Labor Day fireworks sound like a great idea. So that's what they did. They didn't even get to have those last year. It's actually not a bad idea because everybody does their fireworks on 4th of July and just, you know. Yeah, right. No, spread it out. There's so many. Right, exactly. I mean, they did theirs. Yeah, and they did theirs on the Saturday. I think it was the same. It was always the same night as Devon. So it was yeah. like, it was, you know, it, it let everybody spread it out. So the people who monitor these um, clover nests, are they town employees? Yep. Um, and the town hires them to basically keep an eye on them all summer? Yep, each each municipality has its has its own. Suffolk County Parks have their own. New York State Parks have their own. East Hampton Town and Southampton Town have their own. Um, and uh, I think I think in Southampton Town, I think James Durier is a full time employee. I don't know. They probably have to do something else in the wintertime. But then they bring in they bring in part time people um, who. You know, that's what they do. They just go watch these damn birds every day. Track them, because I mean, and literally they like go up and find the nests and they watch the eggs be laid. And so like, oh, there's two there today. And then they go back the next day and there's four. That's a clutch. So they're like, okay, that's four. And that's when the clock starts. And they know, they then know how long it'll be before they hatch. And then they have to block off the beach around it five days before they hatch to let the tire tracks and footprints and stuff sort of level out because the little birds will get stuck in the ruts. Oh my God. And so it's, it's a whole, it's a whole science and hmm. you know, it works, but are these birds ever going to get back to the point that you don't, I mean, you know, there's a big debate slash question mark about, you know, to what end are we, uh, are we doing this? They're not, they're, they're never going to be uh, California condors. Um, did you mention before that there are, ways to keep predators out yeah they put little they put little like wire mesh domes right over the top of the nest and uh and the birds will go in and out without a problem but it keeps out cats and foxes you know those are the raccoons those are the main problems but then once the birds hatch you know they're not in there anymore and they're out moving around and they do get they do get predated they get eaten they they get run over, you know, because they go over to the roads or something like that. You know, they, they do lose them. And, and that's, you know, that's sort of that once the damn things hatch, the, the vehicle people are their biggest protectors because they don't want to kill them. Because if they kill them, the birds will start a new nest and it all starts over mm. again. And you got another five to six weeks. Wow. And that's what that's what happened last year. The nest at the picnic area failed as they say which is you know a euphemistic way of saying that the bird the baby birds got killed and the mother the parents built a new nest and laid new eggs and the picnic area was closed until late july last year whereas otherwise as of right now um fledging should be july 5th mm. um for these two birds so it, it was four but i don't know however many I, I don't know i think they all have to die for the birds to start over if one baby's alive, they'll keep at it. And, uh, and you know, I mean, credit the plumber stewards, they keep track of how many of these damn baby birds, you know, survive every year and when they fledge. And they're really, they're really keeping track of them, which is amazing because they're, they're hard to see. Yeah. So do other areas on the East Coast going through this? Like what about up at Cape Cod? Yeah. Is that what they, they do the same thing up there in Cape Cod? Yeah, same, same thing up there, same thing. Um, yeah, Massachusetts. Uh, they've had yeah, they've had some access issues. I've heard up there too. Um, 
you know, I don't, I don't know that Connecticut has a big problem because they have like a rocky shoreline. They might not have a lot of them there, but I'm sure like Rhode Island does in Washington and stuff. So like you, you also talked to, uh, to Eric Schultz, he's a Southampton Town trustee. And he, he said that the trustees were maybe looking at either other ways onto the beach or other beach areas where, where people could drive. But that's been problematic in the past too, right? And people are people like the picnic area. Right. They, they do like that um, with good reason. Um, and yeah, you know, I mean, Southampton Town's been talking about that for years, way back to when the, when the homeowners first sued in the early 2000s, um, who because the homeowner said, listen, spread it out, just put them somewhere else, you know, so it's not so many trucks right in front of our houses uh, and it won't be so bad, you know, make, make designate little areas and set a limit on the number of trucks. And so yeah, Southampton has been looking for places. It, it's difficult, there's not, a, there's not a ton of options. You know, the cut at Meacox uh, is, is often talked about as the, as the most likely spot for it. But that would help in this situation, right? I mean, if there were, if there were three or four beaches and one gets blocked off, then you've got the others to go to. It would. It, yeah, it totally would. It totally would. And, um, you know, and that's what's happened in East Hampton, where the, where the court blocked off Truck Beach this year. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's a few places in, in East Hampton that you can go to. They're not as big. And there's the state park next door. And so people just sort of spread into there, those areas. But, you know, it's not the same because it's not the, you know, the, the community camaraderie that, that it is when everybody goes to the same spot and those people have been going there, you know, people that are my age have been going there since they were little kids and, uh, and little kids have been going there, you know, their whole lives. So, um, it, you know, that, that is, that is seen as, as, um, something that might help a little bit, but in the grand scheme of things, people want to go to those two stretches of beach and, um, they're, they're trying to find ways to keep that. I, I think that most people understand that at the picnic area, these birds will move on eventually. I mean, they had, they had very successful broods two years ago. So you've had a lot of birds coming back. And so you had more nests this year, but you know, another year or two, they'll probably just slide up the beach a little ways because it's, you know, from the picnic area East, it's a long ways before you get to another public beach. That's a big stretch, but it's got erosion problems there. And that's, you know, that's one of the things is that the picnic area because of Shinnecock Inlet, the beach there is huge and the dunes are big and deep and they're very, you know, they're perfect for, for birds to, to, to nest in. So where do these birds go after they're done? Like after, so do they just hang around until the little ones can fly and then they all take off? Like, yeah, I, you know what? I don't know, <laughs> to be honest, I, I would, yeah, I would assume that they, hang around here you know all summer long but they just then they start behaving more like shorebirds which are flitting all over the place and uh and then yeah they must migrate down the coast they probably go to the out of the banks in the winter time interesting yeah i mean they're they're you know they're migratory birds and uh and and they're tiny and their habits tend to put them underfoot as it were and uh wheel yeah literally literally uh and you know under under wheel and um it, it's a, it's gonna be a, a long road to it ever being anything but this as long as as long as those protections are, uh, are left in place and then you have a lot of a whole a whole other interest trying to shut down beach driving altogether so right yes right so the people at truck beach right now are in are you know 
the people that live on the other side of the dunes there are enjoying these quiet weekends. You can be sure. So can we encourage the piping plovers to go to Truck Beach this year or ne next, next year? year you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Although they're, they're, you know, the, in the, the Truck Beach area in East Hampton is, um, you know, the court, the court has basically said, yeah, it's privately owned. Um, it, it sounds like there's still some legal, uh, some legal jousting to be done there. Uh, and then it's just going to come down to whether the town decides it is, uh, it's worth the gamble to just try and seize the beach uh, with them in the main. And the baymen are going to make a stand, supposedly. Yeah, the, the thing with that is, is that, you know, the, the homeowners said right away, before, before they had even, before the court had even said, yeah, no vehicles at all. The homeowners had said, when the Lesters want to come and do their, do their gill netting here in the fall, we don't care. That's fine with us. Go right ahead. Literally one family that does it. Right. Courts are courts. These people really don't care about, you know, the guys with the fishing poles riding the beach at 6 p.m. going past their house. It's the 200 trucks lined up, you know, bumper to bumper in front of their homes on Saturday morning and Sunday morning. That's what incenses them. And, and listen, the, the people that own those trucks, they understand it. Sure. But, you know, they're like, well, we were here first. And they, and they were. <laughs> I don't know. I think the plovers were here first. Yeah, well, <laughs> they, they probably were. Yeah. So were the uh, so were the Native Americans. That's right. You know, it's like the world is a uh, is a harsh place. <laughs> and so it goes. Go out and eat some chicken this weekend. Chicken wings. Yeah. Stay away from those plovers, though. Twenty Seven Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week to hear what's news on the East End. Our interlude flute music is by Allison O'Reilly. Our opening and closing theme music is Boysdale Blues, written and performed by the incomparable Judy Carmichael. Listen to Judy's weekly show, Jazz Inspired, airing on an NPR station near you, or go to jazzinspired.com. 27 Speaks is a weekly podcast produced by the Express News Group, which includes the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, the Sag Harbor Express, 27east.com, and sagharborexpress.com Find us on the websites or subscribe through Apple Podcasts.